Welcome to this APTA podcast. Physical therapists Chase Kuhn and Nate Thomas didn't know each other a few months ago, but once they were introduced, they realized they had a few things in common. Both are physical therapists from the Midwest. Both have served as APTA's Harker intern with APTA's Government Affairs Department, and both have served as APTA's Student Assembly Board President. But there's at least one difference. Nate Thomas is running for a seat in the Missouri State House of Representatives. Listen as these members discuss their professional experiences, Nate's evolution as a candidate, and how others can get engaged in ways big and small. For those who want to get involved, visit APTA Engage, APTA's volunteer portal. So Nate, thanks for sitting down and uh, chatting with me today. I think it's a really uh, unique opportunity we've got here. You know, uh, not a whole lot of people have been through both of the things that we've been through. And so I'm really excited to kind of just pick your brain and maybe give some tidbits to any students or physical therapists, physical therapist assistants that might be listening. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate it. How, how are things out in in Cape Girardeau? Am I saying that right? You are saying it correct, yes. Cape Girardeau, Missouri. We are the the hub of Southeast Missouri, about an hour and a half, an hour and a half south of St. Louis. And yeah, it's my I, pleasure to be on this podcast and, and to have the opportunity and to get to meet yourself and I'm looking forward to it. And so then talk to me about your journey to becoming the APTA Student Assembly President. Uh, yeah, I, I, well, I went to undergrad first um, at Knox College, which is in Galesburg, Illinois, which so I went north to the winter <laughs> in northern Illinois and um, uh, endured that. But no, it, Knox College was an amazing experience, a liberal arts under uh, undergrad experience and went up there to play football and had a, um, was afforded a number of opportunities that helped um, draw me towards physical therapy, whether that was working with the athletic training department, um, uh, participating in my own athletics and having to go through physical therapy. Um, then once I uh, realized I wanted to go into physical therapy, I then applied to different programs. Um, across the United States and ended up settling on Emory University in Atlanta. Um, so I went from the extreme cold down to the Atlanta weather, which was yeah. a good change of pace. Um, but, uh, you know, applying, going through that process of, you know, it's highly competitive to get into physical therapy schools and going through that process and um, going to the interview days and the campus visits and um, getting to know the different faculty and those experiences really felt at home in Atlanta. I had never really been to Atlanta um, until I started looking at Emory and I fell in love with the city. It was um, not at all what you picture. In fact, I tell people all the time that your impression of Atlanta, um, a, a lot of people draw their conclusions from traveling through Atlanta, whether that's flying or driving, and neither one of those could be can be very good experiences sometimes. Um, but if you go there and just actually go about the city, it's, it's a, such a dynamic city. And then Emory University is wonderful. And the faculty are amazing, world-class, but then made you feel like family. So that was what really drew me there um, down to Emory. Um, because of that, there was actually my roommate um, who was a couple, he was in the physical therapy program, um, but a couple years older. He was involved in the National Student Assembly within APTA. Um, and that's what initially perked my interest um, <clears throat> was 
through experiences with him and conversations and getting involved and, and joining along to conferences, um, whether that was with the Physical Therapy Association of Georgia, which is what it was known at the time, uh, known as at the time, uh, or within APTA national conferences. Um, and through that, then he had been elected to the Student Assembly Board of Directors. And then uh, I then decided to run as well when he um, was cycling off, actually. And so uh, that's what piqued my interest and in how that's what got the ball rolling, if you will. So. You think having that uh, example of uh, seeing somebody else do it that, that's in your circle uh, is really kind of, I have a similar story. One of the students uh, at OSU, uh, her name is Kayla Harris. She was our secretary and then our vice president on the Student Assembly Board of Directors. And, you know, just the, the proximity of, of, of her kind of setting that example was was really like, a you know, if she, if she can do it, I, I could probably, you know, figure out a way to, to, to get involved here. So, um, yeah, I think uh, lots of lots of parallels between your experience and mine with kind of involved faculty that, that make you feel like you belong and then having somebody to kind of lead the way there um, can definitely say that, that those are part of my yeah go ahead yeah and that's where um, you know you hit the nail right on the head our, our faculty was very involved at the national level as well and so that you see that and you see the importance of that and the, the impact that they make and um, and then to have that like you said, that that closer relationship with somebody who's also going through those similar leadership experiences, then you get exposed to it. And that's really where the, you know, our, our state chapter setup is really unique because even at the state level, it's so much easier, you know, smaller conferences, easier to get involved and get to know people and you get to know other students from other programs from around the state. And, um, and then some of them, you know, whether they're involved at the state chapter level or involved nationally, then you get to build that relationship. And thank goodness for technology nowadays, it's even easier because you can connect instantly and you're on social media and you can Zoom call, you can, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to do and connect and network and then build that greater national network as well, so. Yeah, and I know that the, the time that you spent on the board, uh, we both actually served uh, as, as president, of course, but then uh, we actually both had a term as delegate. And I think that you one up to me even in, I, treasurer was your third one? Yes, I started as treasurer, yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, in all of those roles or, or maybe even more specifically the, the presidential role of the student assembly, what what did you learn, you think, what, what important things did you learn as being uh, in that role? Uh, of kind of helping to represent our our student members across country. It's an unbelievable role to fill. I mean, at that level, I mean, you're in this intense academic program that you're invested so much in, whether that's your time as well as your your financial resources as well. But um, <laughs> you're highly invested in this your future profession. And then you see the importance of involvement in the National Association and their representation of your priorities and your needs at the state level, at the national level, at the local level. Um, so then you you realize, hey, I need to do my part to get involved in that. And then that's when you start, you know, you decide, okay, I'll go to a conference and then I'll get to know, you know, and then I meet these people. And then as we talked about, you you meet these people that are involved in leading these efforts, and then 
you decide, okay, maybe I can use my skill set, my talents to contribute towards this. Um, everybody's stretched thin with their own personal circumstances and their own academic programs. Um, you, you know, what's stopping me from doing my part? Um, <clears throat> but then when you take on the, the president role, I mean, you're at the time, you know, it was over 17,000 students of physical therapy across the United States. I don't know what it is now. Do you know that number? Uh, we're, we're, we hover around the 30,000 mark. So, wow. Not yeah, to say I'm so, doing twice as much as you are, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, you, you think about that and, and then when you have the national conferences and you network with these people, it's, you, you know, you're, you're representing this membership group and their needs. And, is it possible to communicate with every single one of them? No. I mean, granted, as we said, with technology, it's so much easier um, to do that or to reach a broader or a larger breadth of people. But um, you then, I mean, with that role and then my current role that I'm in now um, or the office that I'm thinking, um, it's, it, your, your main job is to listen. And so, how do you listen to 17, 30,000 people um, and feel like you're representing their needs and what they feel are priorities and what issues are affecting them? And so it really sets that stage um, that then when you go on and you graduate from PT school and you go into your first career and whether that's you go to a managerial role within whatever clinic or healthcare system or hospital that you're in, or you take on a larger role within the community you live, or you know uh, you take on a larger role within the APTA. It's, um, it sets that stage for your ability to listen and then take what you learn to represent those people um, that you are in charge of leading um, and then enact real tangible change. And that's always, that's always what you should strive for um, in any leadership role is you're not just there to hold the title. You're there to serve the people underneath of you and, um, and make real tangible things that, that affect their daily lives. So. Yeah, that, that really resonates with me. I feel like uh, one of the things that I, uh, that I have learned and I, I kind of uh, tell students when they ask me uh, kind of with their, they're, they're interested maybe running for, for a position on the board next year um, and more specifically president is, uh, I feel like people go into their, these positions thinking they have to have all of the ideas, that they have to be the one that's, that's calling the shots and, and making the decisions when, when it's really, like you said, the, the listening piece that I think that I have really learned that, you know, I'm, I'm not the one that's coming up with all the ideas. It's, it's all the other people on the board that that I really just get to sit back and listen and, and kind of think about mull over the things the ideas that they're coming up with that that has been something that I've really learned uh, in my in my year on, uh, as the president um, and that's the beauty of being the president is you know you're not just a one-man show you're part of a larger board of equally as committed and dedicated and talented individuals from across the United States and it's really the power of the board um, and you draw the ideas from them. And, it, and that's not unlike practicing in the physical therapy setting. You're in it, I mean, regardless of what type of setting you work in um, as a physical therapist, 
you're in a team environment. I mean, even if you're doing home health, you're still a part of a larger team, whether that's with other types of healthcare providers or other therapists um, <clears throat> or therapist assistants. It's, uh, so yes, you are only as strong as the people that you surround yourself with. And that's really the, you know, the sign of that true uh, effective leader. Yeah. And so um, kind of shifting a little bit, but um, you know, we both, we both had these, these awesome leadership opportunities and serving the board, but not everybody that uh, gets onto the board is, is so gung ho about advocacy that they would want to do an internship like the Harker internship. So what, what was it that drew you to doing that specific internship? And um, yeah, talk to me a little bit about that. So yeah, the Harker, the Harker internship is one of those things, you know, as being involved in the, on the assembly board of directors, and getting, uh, getting to know students from across the United States and talking to them about ways that they can be involved. Um, it's one of the things that you, you, you share information about um, that this opportunity exists. And, and so I had known um, other physical therapy students that had taken the Harker internship or something similar, an internship within the government affairs department and heard about their experience. And of course, <clears throat> given our involvement within, uh, or my involvement in the, um, the National Assembly Board of Directors, it was, uh, you get involved with uh, PT Day on the Hill and with um, the federal advocacy forums. And so that really lights your fire, as well as at the, you know, the state house forums that you have within your state chapter. And that really lights the fire for advocacy. Um, and, the, and for other students that may also get that same initial um, uh, ignite of a passion for, for advocacy, you then, we then advertise this opportunity within APTA with the Harker internship. And so I had done that, but I didn't think that, or within my schedule of my academic calendar schedule of my PT program, it wasn't going to fit in to, um, my course load and, and how our calendar was laid out. And so I didn't ever picture myself being able to take advantage of that opportunity, <clears throat> even though I heard these amazing stories from these people that had gone through it. And, uh, but I then ended up pursuing not just my DPT degree, but also did a joint degree at Emory in collaboration with their school of business, the Goisbetta School of Business at Emory. I did, got an MBA at, and a DPT dual degree. Um, and because of the way that that overlapped, uh, at times there was a little break and I think it was only like about a two and a half week break or three week break. And instead of going on a beach somewhere and enjoying it, um, I decided like, you know what, I can fit in this Harker internship. So um, through my relationships that I had uh, uh, built through um, my uh, time on the student assembly board, I then submitted my name and, and or inquired about doing the, the Harker internship and um, it ended up working out. I ended up being able to do it, and and it was an un, unbelievable experience. And um, as I hope yours has been as well. Are you you're getting ready to wrap up yours? Or yeah, it was. Uh, tomorrow's my last day, and I, I was actually you know I've I, I have a lot of highlights uh, from my last couple of weeks here. Uh, I wanted to ask you if if you had anything that you remember specifically from that internship that. Uh, that, that, that stuck with you? 
Well, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's intense. And that was, you know, the first takeaway is, and that's what I would tell everybody. Um, and then, you know, and especially then afterwards getting the opportunity to work for the APCA as an employee, um, but also as a physical therapist being my physical, my professional association. Yeah, because um, you took it even a step further after the internship. You decided, I like this enough. I'm going to come work for these people, do this kind of full time. Yeah. Yes, I ended up doing it full time. But even during the Harker internship, I then, even in my role um, within uh, chapter and national leadership, I, I would tell people, you know, you don't really fully understand. Obviously, being a member of APTA, you are committed towards the association and you believe in what it stands for and what it does until you're there. And I think hopefully, I mean, you've had a similar experience, but until you're there and sit in the middle of it and see it every day that there are anywhere from 170 to, you know, less than just less than 200 individuals who their career is dedicated towards advancing your profession and your career you don't really fully understand or grasp the power of the association as a business. And, you know, when you can think about as an everyday physical therapist in your own community, you may think about the APTA, depending upon what your role, you know, once a week, once a month, maybe just every year when you fill out your membership. Every day, there's, like I said, a hundred, just less than 200 people working towards the advancement of your profession. And so I always would tell people that if you ever had the experience to spend a week, two weeks, three weeks, and witness what gone what goes on within the APTA headquarters, you would never question the value of your APTA membership ever again. Um, because it is unbelievable. But then specifically to the Harker internship and government affairs, you know, just getting the opportunity to accompany um our government affairs and policy staff, our lobbyists uh, every day that are going up to Capitol Hill and speaking on behalf of your profession, um, it, it's extremely powerful. And you realize how busy they are every day uh, to make sure physical therapy is positioned how it needs to be with, from in the policy arena. One of the really cool things that I have seen kind of talking about all of that and with these people who work kind of with this laser focus on advancing our profession is how well they they manage to work on kind of both sides of the political aisle and i think that that's that's something that i didn't that i that i knew must happen but i didn't really internalize uh in in the fact that you know there could be people who in some aspects in some of their their policies you are completely against um kind of politically but if if they're a supporter of physical therapy uh the fact that this association is able to kind of work with them uh and uh really manage those relationships to to advance our profession regardless of political party that's one of the the really cool things that i think that i have seen <clears throat> Uh, just from our congressional affairs specialists and our and our um, governmental affairs team, it's 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 really cool to see that kind of bipartisan effort, especially in these times where I feel like things are so divided. Uh, just that 
we are able to kind of uh, work work across the aisle, as they say, uh, to, to really advance our profession. That's something that's been really cool for me to witness kind of firsthand in these last couple of weeks. Yeah, um, and that's very true. And you hit the nail right on the head. And that is a reflection of the our membership. If you look at APTA uh, as a professional association, it's unlike some professional associations or trade associations, which are very partisan and just what they stand for or what their priorities are. You look at APTA's membership and it's as diverse as the US population. And we represent everybody from our patients that are pediatric patients to geriatric patients. And we have our own members that are from students to retirees and that's, they practice in every, you know, we have small business owners and large business practice owners to academia, to um, military and TRICARE. Uh, so it is as diverse as the US population. So their needs are completely different. So it, whatever the priority is that you're, you're advocating for, sometimes it may align better with one party or the other, depending upon what it is. And not only that, you were very correct in saying, even though uh, there may be somebody that you don't personally um, agree with 95% of their stances on everyday political issues, they had a loved one or they themselves went through physical therapy and they see the value in physical therapy and they want to help your profession. And so, yes, they, they would be a supporter of your profession. And so therefore you work with them to try to um, advance whatever your priority is you're working on. Yeah. So we've talked about kind of serving on the board. We've talked about the Harker internship We've talked a little bit about your time as a congressional affairs specialist or uh, a lobbyist for APTA. Um, what do you feel like kind of in that time working for APTA and, and doing very targeted kind of specific, I'm a lobbyist for APTA work, um, where do you feel like our profession excels in advocating and where do you think maybe we have some challenges or what, what, what are the things that we could do better? So the strength of APTA is our members and their commitment is in, especially I would say probably over the most recent one to two to three decades of there's been this rejuvenation of, or uh, uh, increased realization or more widespread realization of the importance of the fact that we are in a larger healthcare industry, um, which is highly regulated, uh, highly competitive. And we are non-physician, non-nursing, essential providers within that industry. And so that has renewed this interest and this involvement in our advocacy efforts. And we are every day, every year, constantly improving on that because um, at the end of the day, it, physical therapy for those, the most powerful way to get people to support physical therapy is if they've experienced it either firsthand themselves or with a loved one, as I mentioned earlier. And those people, they, they get it and they realize it. But otherwise we have, 
a bit of an identity issue. You know, some people don't know what physical therapy is, or we get confused with other providers. And so there's a bit of education you have to do up front. Um, the other part of probably to answer your question of what is our biggest challenge, um, it, especially in the advocacy world, is our humility. Physical therapy attracts a certain demographic of individuals who want to serve the patient population that they treat every day. They want to work with them to restore them to full maximal functional capacity and and play that hands-on role with them. Um, they don't like necessarily talking about themselves or their own interests or um, want to put themselves on any sort of perceived pedestal that they are special compared to other providers um, or, you know, then we, and, and like I said, we've improved upon that as a profession of really being able to demonstrate and vocalize and represent the importance of our role within the the episodes of care within the healthcare industry in general. Um, but that's a, you know, that's a, that changeover to change that perception within the regulatory bodies, as well as, you know, um, people within legislatures and uh, policymakers, it's, you know, it's a heavy lift. It is a slow moving freight train to really enact, get that change um, of that perception to where it is realized that with an aging population, with more baby boomers that are geriatric, more people uh, that are geriatric than ever before, people that are surviving certain critical illnesses or injuries at a higher rate than they ever have before, um, with people that are, you know, returning from military conflicts and surviving and um, people living in general longer, um, there's an increased need for physical therapy and what our role is in that quality of life um, for all of those individuals within society. And so uh, that is also our opportunity is, you know, here's our role, here's what we play, um, here's our value uh, that we add, not only to their traditional medical care, but also in their daily lives and how they function and interact within their activities, um, within their own community, within their own place of work, within their own hobbies and activities. I think that's that's a really great point that you bring up about, you know, the our profession kind of attracts a certain type of person and that person uh, tends to be more, more, humble, uh, less likely to brag about themselves. Um, and I think I, I, I'm hoping that that students are learning in school and that PTs are learning um, to be able to brag on themselves a little bit more to to really state our worth to to the healthcare industry. Uh, that's something that I'm, I'm really hopeful to see kind of as I progress, uh, as I enter the workforce and, and continue to you know, advocate for our profession. I hope to be able to inspire other other clinicians to, you know, really own the the benefit that our that our profession, that our that our skills give to the world, give to society. You know, the whole our whole mission of uh, of improving society. Um, yeah, I mean, exactly. There's a fine line there. It's very 
that humility is by and large, it's very virtuous. Um, it, and there's a fine line then between that confidence to be able to represent yourself versus the perceived arrogance, you know, and that's where, that's where I think a majority of our, of, of our profession, we see it as arrogance and it's like, no, you just have to represent that confidence of here's what our role is and here's what our importance is and here's the value that we add to patient care, to healthcare systems, to society. Yeah. So I know you got all of this leadership experience and, and serving on the student assembly board. Then you became a Harker intern. Then you, uh, you know, accepted a position to lobby for this association and advocate for the physical therapy profession. Kind of this through line that I'm seeing is that you were just open to these opportunities. Would you say that that you really sought these out? Is this something that you were planning to do? Is this a career path trajectory that you decided on or, or did the opportunities just kind of present themselves? Well, I'm a big believer in being open to uh, any opportunity um, that, that comes about that, you know, is did I, I guess the short answer is, did I plan this or is this the direct path that I had envisioned in my mind? <laughs> <laughs> I would be absolutely lying if I told you that um, it, it is a winding curvy road as life is and there's um, opportunities that present themselves and it's whether in your current situation at that time if you're able to take that opportunity and you don't have any justifiable reason you know not to that to really seek out and they all fall into place for a reason in the right order and in the right place. Um, so would I go back and change anything? No, at this point, it's, it's only moving forward, but it's, it, and you, you carry through all of those transitions, a common theme, and that's where, you know, it's not willy nilly. I'm just jumping from one thing to the next. It's really, uh, and as my, my personal experiences is I, I still have this, every theme is this, or or every opportunity has this theme of, of my desire to, to serve others and really help them in some capacity. And that was why, you know, I went into physical therapy to begin with. And that's why I pursued my um, business degree. As I saw, there was a, a, a lack of knowledge on the business side within the industry and wanted to understand that better. And as I understood that better, I realized how our industry didn't really follow the confines of traditional business because, um, it, there's a third party payer considerations. There's government regulations and government payers. And uh, so then that's what got me interested in advocacy and really representing and serving our population to help uh, navigate through uh, that unique circumstance within our industry. Um, but uh, I, I then, you know, I, I would have been perfectly content continuing to 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 advocate for my profession in that capacity within American Physical Therapy Association but I I also you know during that time I given my business training I was helping friends and um, former classmates and people uh, develop their own business plans and procure funding for their own ventures and I always had that entrepreneurial bug and and through helping them there was an opportunity 
uh, for my own entrepreneurial venture where I could partner and, and really launch a startup from the ground up. And that was something that I was just yearning to do. And so it also brought me back home to my, to, to Southeast Missouri. And, um, was that something I was seeking out? Was that something I designed? Absolutely not. Um, but for, uh, whatever reason that fell into place, um, moved here, started my own venture, built it from the ground up, was able to successfully sell, sell it. Um, and in the meantime, met the love of my life and my wife and, um, and my, my two stepdaughters and we have our own son now and we have roots and she, we have our, we've started other business ventures. We, we have her longstanding business in the community, which is, uh, serves a broad range of businesses, only not only locally but also nationally, um, as well as in Europe, and um, really helping those people through our businesses. And in the meantime, still practicing at the local um, uh, hospital, regional hospital in our community. Um, so then, so, so then, how did you go from kind of opening this business and, and serving as a as a physical therapist to now? uh, you know, campaigning, running for a, a, a public office. Yeah. So it was still in that same theme of serving each other. So it, given our children and their involvement and our own involvement in the community with our businesses, we, uh, you know, we're very entrenched in the community. And, and even though I said, I grew up in a small town, Cape Girardeau is still a small community. Um, and, everybody still knows everybody to, for, for the most part, even though we're the regional retail hub of the geographic area. And uh, in that experience, you know, you get to know um, people ar around the community, you get involved in different, so different other nonprofits and efforts and, and whatnot. And uh, there was a vacancy that was created on my local city council with Cape Girardeau city council. Uh, where the sitting member had to move out of the area and wasn't able to fulfill the rest of his term at that time. And so there was a small window before he was up for re-election again. And I then just felt this very compelling tug inside me like, oh, okay, this is all right, coming full circle. This is where I can best serve my community um, given my background, my experience um, with government, with the layers of government, um, with policy and understanding that, that I can fill this role for my community and serve it. Um, through that, then uh, filled out, I, I completed the remainder of that term and then was successfully elected to a full term. And so I was in, uh, I'm currently sitting in that role within the city council, serving my community in that. And um, it's very, it is very fulfilling. It's very busy. I mean, it's not like it's a, a career it's only largely volunteer um and it's it's very busy and very involved but we're already involved in the community and so uh then that then rolled into this latest uh adventure if you will of um kind of similarly our uh state representative for our city our city is large enough that our district 147 of the Missouri House of Representatives is essentially the city limits of Cape Girardeau. Um, our representative was appointed by our governor to be the director of the Department of Revenue, the Missouri Department of Revenue. So 
that then created a vacancy for our district. Um, and I felt that same draw inside me of, okay, given my involvement within the city council and where I see our local community and the opportunities and, um, and challenges that I've had to wade through myself as well as given my city council position, as well as just what I see coming down the pike in the future. It's like, okay, this is where I can serve my community um, in this role um, uh, statewide in the state legislature and um, really be that practical voice of reason that has, that is an active parent, but also an active business owner that is a, a, an employee within healthcare systems, within the hospitals that is really taking what we talked about earlier, that physical therapy, humble, practical, problem-solving mentality to the state legislature mixed with my background um, and experience that I had uh, from my days in, at APTA and working on Capitol Hill to really best serve my community. So I filed to run for the, um, the Missouri House of Representatives. And of course, my ability to then also represent my profession in this capacity is hugely important to me as well, especially in the state of Missouri, where our, where we are behind a majority of the other states in direct access um, legislation and efforts, as well as a number of other areas. So, With all of your kind of vast experiences you've been through, um, say there's somebody listening to this who thinks maybe one day they would want to run for a public office. What advice would you give them? Uh, are there are there opportunities you would suggest they seek out? Um, what what steps could uh, another physical therapist, physical therapist assistant, or, or student that's listening kind of start to do if they think that maybe public service in this manner is for them? My first most important piece of advice would be do it. Don't think about it, do it and the opportunities will fall in place as you go. Um, but physical therapists or physical therapy providers are, are just, and we've hit on it some, is they're naturally positioned with a deductive thought process that lends itself well for this diverse variety of range, whether it's policymaking or business ownership. I had a a professor in physical therapy school who also had gotten his MBA from Emory that would always put it perfectly. You know, we're taught within our evaluation process with physical therapy, a way to break down the puzzle in front of you and then constantly evaluate that against evidence-based practice um, as the situation evolves. So you take a patient, you observe, you test, you diagnose, PT diagnose, um, what their movement functions might be. You treat, then you reevaluate constantly and, and deduce. That is not unlike how you attack, you know, in business school, how you attack a business case. You know, you identify a problem, you figure out what additional data you may need in order to best address that problem. You put a plan in action, and then you pivot if you need to in whatever directions along the way. Um, but the whole time, much like we were talking about what draws the 
people to go into the physical therapy profession. It's by and large this desire to to work with patients um, and people uh, uh, that you you're constantly listening and gathering that information and using it to help solve the the larger issue at hand and some and educating them along the way. Um, to the importance of certain aspects or how it needs to be, especially when they may or may not realize what the true impact is of, of whether it be a treatment or whether it be a, a, a pre-existing condition or what all along the way. Um, so that education piece and that open listening, cooperative, collaborative mindset lends itself well to business as well as policy. And so, you already go in with that mindset and that base and it lends itself well that when I have a constituent, a city council that has an issue with their neighbor or with their street, um, that I go in and I'm, I don't, like you said earlier, I don't, I don't go in and say, here's, I know the answer and I know exactly what your issue is. Um, I mean, we were taught very early in my PT program. You never tell a patient, I know exactly what you're going through because you have, you, you don't. You know, that's where we were instilled with the, the verbiage of, I can only imagine what you're truly going through. I've seen similar circumstances, but you're, we are enabled with that same, with that approach um, that we can approach policy or issues, whether it's in an advocacy role or an elected role. So my advice to individuals within our profession that may pursue these opportunities is do it. Um, if I, you want very practical advice is especially people like yourself that are students, um, you, you get, especially and most, especially like yourself, people that are students, but highly actively involved students within the professional association, as we are all very aware of once you graduate, there's this new professional drop-off because you get out in your area of practice, you get immersed in that area. Um, you, you have to, you know, entry level, there's still a lot of learning that you're doing and a lot of professional development, um, to become, uh, and, and skill development, um, once you get into whatever practice setting that you're in, and then you start a family and then you, you get busy. Um, so you lose that passion, some of that passion and that fire or that commitment to your professional association, which, so keep that tie back to your professional association, whether that needs, you know, whether like yourself, it, you may not be at the national level, but at the state level, keep, keep involved in that regard because of the importance of it. Um, and as opportunities come about, you'll then be able to seize them um, to get more involved uh, as the, the right things align to, to your current situation as well as, well as your strengths. Um, so within the profession, stay involved at, at, as a baseline. Um, but if you're specifically, if you're pursuing, um, and in that involvement, you'll get, you'll stay in touch with the advocacy efforts and the issues at hand and the thing that affects your practice. Um, but then I guess the other part is don't be so myopic to just be, if you have the interest, don't be so myopic to just be involved within your professional association, especially as you, you know, it's easy for us as you, as you give, as you grow your family and you have children and you, you know, you have a mortgage and you're paying off your student loans and 
to get focused on that, uh, everything from that regard um, is get involved in your community. We have a skill set that can lend itself well to your local parks and recreation board or advisory boards or committees or different other not related nonprofits. Um, we are blessed as a profession that we uh, interact with a large number of people within the community on a daily basis and you establish good relationships with them. Um, and so through those, you find out what's important to different people and you may see an opportunity there with someone who is active within the local MS society or the Alzheimer's association or their Kiwanis club or whatever it might be. Um, and if it piques your interest, investigate it further um, and then try to, and then get involved. But those relationships and that integration within your community, um, I think it's, you know, that put on my city council hat, that's important for every community is to have citizen involvement and engagement within the activities um, and the so progress hearing, of that community. Yeah, so I'm hearing follow your passions, be open to new and unexpected opportunities, uh, be involved with your community, and then just do it. Just do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Nate, thank you so much uh, for sitting down with us today. Um, I wish you the best of luck with your with your election. Uh, you know, I would vote for you were I a rural Missourian who was able to do so. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, all the best. Um, uh, we really appreciate you sitting down and, and taking the time to, to answer some of these questions and, and get a very unique perspective, one that I hope is is more uh, more common as the years go on and we see more PTs kind of pursuing this type of career path. Yes, exactly. Well, it was a pleasure to get to know you. It's a pleasure to, uh, to, to participate in this podcast. And I hope that some people might be able to find some value. I will also uh, offer it up that if there's anybody that, um, that has an interest or has a question or um, wants to pursue different opportunities, reach out. I'm always open to communicating, whether it's via email or text or phone call, Zoom call, whatever it might be. Um, our strength of our association are, are, is our members. And so this is, you know, if there's an interest um, and I can lend some value to it, um, I would gladly do that, so. Awesome, well, thanks so much. All right, thank you. You can find more APTA podcasts like this one on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify, or by visiting apta.org slash podcasts. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.